Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hi, everyone. My name is Georgia King Seam from the Accelerating Business Growth Group at KPMG. Recently, KPMG released the results of a survey of Australian fintech firms, delving into areas such as revenue, funding, resources, and their customers. And the answers to some of the questions may surprise you. While the results indicated continued opportunity with the Australian fintech sector, it's clear from those who took part that there are headwinds on the way as the market dynamics shift. So what does that mean? Well, today I'm delighted to have Daniel Taper with me who is the head of FinTech for KPMG Australia and very much the person behind the survey and KPMG's report that followed. So Daniel, some questions for you. What sort of companies took part in the survey and what does that tell you about the makeup of the Australian sector? Thanks, Georgia. Um, so the survey itself, um, we, we went out to the, the FinTech landscape that KPMG prepares annually and, and we had approximately 10% of the Australian FinTech landscape uh, respond to the survey. Um, and that was from a broad and fairly representative cross-section across the ecosystem. So all of the, the, the subsets within that um, had representation, whether that be lending, payments, blockchain, um, uh, reg tech, insure tech and the likes. Uh, now, the one thing it is important to note is that the survey actually took place over 2021, um, where much of the current volatility and challenges we're seeing in the in the current market, for example, higher inflation and subsequently higher interest rates, uh, the Russia-Ukraine war, uh, or the Russia-Ukraine war, etc., was yet to fully play out. Um, so, whilst the results we've got, I think, are ex- ex- incredibly insightful, what will be extremely interesting is when we get to the 2022 results and see how um, how people's appetites and how um, the responses differ from those in 2021. So I suppose my next question follows from that. And really, I mean, what, what are the trends that you're seeing out of the, the report as it was in, in 21? And then reflecting on, I suppose, you know, what you might be expecting to see in the in the 22 report. Yeah, so I think overall, um, and even the 2022 numbers, um, and I'll talk about that in a second, um, is, is very much that the sector continues to grow and develop both in terms of size, relevance and scale. Um, so the story is a really positive one. Um, the, the, the KPMG fintech landscape um, this year, which, we're, we're, which we'll be releasing later this month, uh, will show that the actual fintech ecosystem has continued to grow even in the current climate um, over 10% in the last 12 months. Um, so we're, and we're also seeing kind of the, the establishment and maturity of, of players within that ecosystem as well. So clearly that's indicating that founders and investors are continuing to take um, an active interest in the sector and continue to invest and, and look to uh, establish new businesses in and around the space. Um, Partly that's to do with um, success. So the most obvious of those is the likes of Afterpay, which got sold to um, to, to Square or now Block um, earlier this year. Um, and, and again, just for context, that's, that was the largest ever transaction in Australian corporate history. Um, and that was a business that was founded um, seven years ago. Um, so it gives you an idea of kind of the size and scale um, and, and the relevance of, of, of the sector, but also the market and, and where success can take place. Um, now, of course, within the landscape and within kind of fintechs more generally, there are movements within subsectors. Um, so this year, 2022, uh, we are going to be seeing growth in um, uh, sectors such as blockchain, um, lending and payments. And I don't think any of those will come as a massive surprise given given the market interest and profile of these, these sectors and interests more, more broadly. 
Um, what we are seeing, and this isn't something um, specifically related to, to fintechs, it's more to the, the, whole, um, the whole market, is um, valuations are, are, are being repriced. Um, and this is especially being felt up across kind of the startup and scale-up scene, uh, where often companies are still kind of cash flow negative or pre-profit. And I think a fair a chunk of the, uh, the fintech landscape would sit in that, um, in that, uh, in that category. Um, and as a result of that, we are starting to see down rounds and capital challenges increasingly becoming prevalent. Um, and there's a real focus by investors um, on sustainable growth and quickly moving to a self-funding business model, which maybe kind of 12 months ago, people were, were more focused on that on that growth area um, as opposed to on the profitability area. So, I mean, personally, I, I can say that, you know, the, the, you see that sort of drop off in deal flow, at least perhaps maybe, you know, six months leading in. Uh, and certainly I've got plenty of uh, investor clients who are quite excited about the, the value they're driving with deals at the moment. But I mean, looking at that overall landscape, uh, what did the survey tell you about how uh, fintechs are financing their operations? Yeah, so look, the vast majority of players in the sector, as I mentioned previously, are, are still in that build mode, and therefore they do continue to rely on capital raised from external investors to support their business model and cash burn. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there has and there always will be a balance within every business between growth and profit. Um, and what I think has happened in the last kind of 12 months is that the equilibrium between those two has somewhat shifted. Um, whereby investors are, the, uh, investors are demanding a greater emphasis on sustainable and a self-funded model, as opposed to growth um, at any um, at any cost. So um, th this this view was 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 very kind of clearly reflected in our survey results. 67% um, of um, of the respondents um, stated that they expected to raise capital within the next 12 months, um, and over 70% of of those um, surveyed had already raised capital in the past two years. So capital is a clear and and, and very important input. Um, and we don't believe that this trend will change, uh, but what we do expect that some founders and boards will have to be creative when raising capital to avoid either heavy dilution from, from materially lower um, pricing um, um, or kind of quantum. So how much runway are they going to be taking and how much are they going to be looking to raise to enable that they have um, enough runway um, to, to be able to succeed and move to that, um, that self-funding or, or profitable status. So Daniel, what are the companies telling you about how they are financing their operations? Look, um, the vast majority of players in the sector are still in kind of build and scale up mode and therefore rely heavily on capital raised from investors to support their business model and cash burn. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there was always and always will be a balance between growth and profitability. Um, and what I think has happened more recently is that the equilibrium between these two has somewhat shifted um, for um, to investors in the market demanding a greater emphasis on a sustainable and self-funded business model. Um, now, this view is reflected in the survey results. 67% um, of respondents stated that they expected to raise capital within the next 12 months, um, and over 70% had raised capital in the past two years. So we don't believe this trend of requiring third-party capital will, will change. What we do expect is that some founders and boards will have to be creative when raising capital to either avoid heavy dilution due to lowering um, of, uh, of valuations, um, and also the quantum of capital um, potentially going up or down um, to give them enough capital runway to support this growth journey and also the journey to profitability as well. Uh, and, you know, speaking of capital, I suppose, in the survey questions, I was really pleased to see that there was some on the R&D tax incentive. So when it comes to companies and fintechs doing research and development, R&D, and access to government support such as that offered by the R&D tax incentive, what did companies tell you? 
Yeah, look, there, there was an overwhelming use of the current government R&D tax incentives within the fintech ecosystem, um, with only 29% of respondents confirming that they do not claim some kind of benefit. Um, now, this is clearly an indication that the fintech community is meeting the requirements to qualify for the incentive, not only in the nature of, of the work and the innovation that, that the businesses are doing, but also um, probably reflective of their relative size to be able to qualify for the incentives in place. So why aren't companies accessing the tax incentive then? Uh, look, we don't have any specific data on this, but what I can tell you anecdotally, for having been in and around the ecosystem now for, for almost a decade, is um, we know that this traditionally falls into three buckets. Um, kind of number one is that the business has got to a size or scale, or is yet to get to a size and scale where they're actually eligible to make a claim. Um, number two is they believe that the work they are doing doesn't qualify for the incentives. However, we would strongly encourage businesses to test this thesis internally and with advisors um, because sometimes that that thesis is uh, is incorrect. And, and incredibly, and finally, incredibly and, and all too often, um, companies are just unaware of the incentive in place and how and how to use it and how it might be able to be affected. So, um, yeah, get out there, spread the message, let people know, because um, this is this is a real kind of capital, um, uh, a, a source of capital for businesses um, and, and a really kind of lucrative incentive for them uh, to take on if they can qualify. And look, it absolutely is. I'll admit I ran into a company recently that uh, wasn't even aware of it. Uh, and was R&D to the core. So it's it's really quite interesting that there are companies out there that aren't accessing it. And one thing maybe to keep in mind um, for listeners is that the R&D tax incentive benefit has changed. So companies that previously were accessing the, the non-refundable, well, they're getting only 8.5% uh, benefit out of that. That's now changed so that if they're spending a bit more on R&D, they can get up to 16.5% benefit. So that, that makes it more attractive for larger businesses. So not only those starting out, but as they scale, they can continue to access it and get a real benefit out of it. So uh, final question for you, Daniel, what steps can companies take to ensure they keep pace with others in the sector? <laughs> um, there's, there's no silver bullet to this answer, and this is definitely not a simple, um, simple answer. Um, of course, kind of at a high level, one can focus on kind of innovation of product and careful execution of sales strategy. Um, but there is much more to this. And in markets such as what we are experiencing now, there, there, is, there is a lot more that needs to be considered, um, not least funding, talent, um, the addressable market, capital raising, product development. All of these are critical to building a successful and a sustainable business um, that has a competitive advantage. Um, what I can say, and I can say this pretty kind of wholeheartedly, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a fact that I've seen across every successful fintech um, that I've come across, is that um, these businesses have a passionate and aligned team running them. Um, and that by team, that doesn't just mean the executive team. I'm talking board, shareholders, advisors, customers, in some cases, stakeholders, um, um, uh, and, and, they, and even competitors in some cases. So I think creating that alignment um, and creating that focus um, essentially gives people the best platform to then be able to grow um, and go out and, and, and successfully execute on what is, in, in a lot of cases, a really exciting uh, business plan, um, but it just, uh, it's got a lot of inputs to, uh, and a lot of outputs needed to, to make, that, uh, make, that, make, make that happen. So the future is looking bright, indeed. Look, Daniel, that's all we have time for today. So thanks to our guest, Daniel Tepper, Head of FinTech for KPMG Australia. My name's Georgia King C, and if you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email to KPMG Tax Now, all one word, at kpmg.com.au. Further information regarding the Australian FinTech Survey Report and the Accelerating Business Growth Group can be found on the KPMG website. Look up KPMG Australia in your favourite search engine. And thanks for being with us today and I look forward to bringing you more insights from KPMG. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, 
please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash taxnow or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG TaxNow Insights, for regular updates. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.